Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Small Time Songwriter. My name is Angel Corsi and I'm of course your small time songwriter. Today I'm going to be introducing my uh, good friend and longtime friend, Laura Marie, who's a uh, San Antonio singer-songwriter, folk singer. And um, what I love about this lady is that she is just not afraid to speak her mind ever. And I love people like that. I love unfiltered people. Um, I also love the journey it takes to become an unfiltered person. I'm somebody that has to uh, work pretty hard to... uh, um, keep my certain thoughts down and quelled and uh, I tend to be a very uh, I try to be a very open and and sort of direct person but it's a skill it's something that you practice and it's also something that you often have to go through hard times to figure out how to speak up for yourself so I'm really excited to see if uh, she's willing to speak up about that and talk about her journey as a uh, folk singer as a songwriter um, also just dealing with the industry and all of its uh, you know, the little, the little things that maybe, maybe cut like paper cuts, you know, and it's just going to be a really fun conversation. I'm looking really forward to it. So let's jump into the inter- interview. Sorry. Sorry. There. Got it. Okay. I, I should know that too. Cause you know, I'm, I'm on podcasts. I, I have it a, was, Zoom it, calls all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, okay. So for those of you just tuning in, um, I forgot to press record, of course, cause I'm an idiot. <laughs> And uh, you were just about to tell me your story. So uh, tell me your story, uh, Laura. Tell me about how you got started on that. You're telling me you're a poet but when you started? Well, I started out writing poetry at, um, like in elementary school and then in, in middle school and high school. I did that. And then I decided to go and study marine biology and, and my uh, in college. And when I did that, I, I, when I went, went away to college, I had a nervous breakdown. I'm a childhood um, trauma survivor. So... Um, wow. A lot had happened to me at a young age that I hadn't really dealt with, that I kind of buried. And going away to college was kind of like the big trigger that that made a lot of that stuff come up. Wow. And uh, I dropped out of school because I couldn't handle things. I couldn't handle relationships, life, anything. So mm. um, it was in that process of trying to just stay sane that I started writing lyrics. Mm. I started writing and I used to like, I was fascinated with music. I loved music. I would listen, you know, being very young and listening to my dad's records and my aunt's records and different, you know, I would study them all the time. So I loved lyrics. That was just another form of poetry to me. I was fascinated with all of it, but um, it wasn't until then where I started writing lyrics to just sort of process some of the things I'd been through. Right. And some of the ways I felt, you know, uh, just the, the really intense feelings I had that um, I even started entertaining the fact that I wanted to, to maybe be in music. I mean, because I was in church choir and I was always like terrified to stand up in front of people and sing. Absolutely. You know, it was it was like the worst torture, like knees shaking, knees mm. literally knocking together <laughs> wow. kind of thing um, that actually happened. I'm like, oh, that happens. It's not just in the cartoons. <laughs> you know, It really, really yeah. does happen. So, um, and then I, and then, you know, after being out of uh, school for a while, I decided to go back and study music because I really thought, well, if I'm going to do this, I want to learn how to do it correctly. And I want to know all the rules and the language of music so I can, you know, do it professionally. Um, so I did that. That's what I did. I I got it. And I got my degree in music education thinking that, oh, well, it's going to be really hard to make it as a musician so I could fall back on teaching, right. which is the most ridiculous statement <laughs> uh, ever. I have a lot. I have friends that are teachers. My sister was a brilliant teacher. Um, I am not a brilliant teacher. Yeah. And I got into it and I was a choir director and I didn't last more than a year and a half. It was mm. just uh, that was not for me. I yeah, really, it's just really, different. 
Yeah. It's a different, your, your heart has to be in it. My heart mm-hmm. was not in it. So yeah. um, my heart was in writing. And so I, I left and I worked for an insurance agency as I, um, wow. you know, fronted a band and oh, wrote cool. a lot of music. So uh, that's kind of where I got started, how I got started into everything. So let me ask you about, um, is it okay if we touch a little bit on the inspiration of your music with the, uh, with yeah, the sure. uh, trauma stuff? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I've just recently started to experience um, writing from that lens and trying to do that. I think for me, music has always been more of the escape of that. And I've sort mm-hmm. of like spent a lot of time running away from that part of my brain. And uh, lately, I've realized that my best art is coming from those places that I really don't want to visit. So, so I wonder how you feel about that. Um, do you feel like it's necessary? It's like something that, that you just have to go into whether you want to or not, whether it feels like really terrible or not, you know, cause I have a, I have a thing where like, I'll write a song like, um, my last record, uh, that I released this year was called Fabula. And there were some songs in there that I couldn't like I, I had for three months before trying to record them because every time I'd play them, I'd start freaking out or something. And when yeah. I was recording them, I was having panic attacks in the night the whole time. And, you know, I, I just like pr- a lot of processing going yeah, on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wonder that about other people that um, say things like they they have to write about their their trauma or their things that they're yeah. thinking about. I don't think anybody has to do it. I don't think it, it's I, I, whether or not it's net. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's OK. <laughs> I meant right. to hit stop instead of snooze. Yeah. Um, I, whether or not it's necessary, I don't know, necessarily think it's necessary for anybody to to process their trauma in that way. So many people have different ways of processing, but it, it can be a very useful tool. And I also think that it can lend itself well um, because we as artists, that's part of, I'm not going to say it's necessarily our job because we have a lot of different jobs and we have a lot of different purposes, but it can be a, a purpose. It can mm-hmm. For me, it was something where I felt, I think I I wrote, and I mentioned this in one of my songs, how I wrote in code. I like, I didn't really blatantly say what I was going through or what I was yeah. dealing with. Um, but I was sort of working things out through in the context of songs and relationships in the songs and that sure. sort of thing. Yeah. And, um, that was one way for me to get through it thinking, well, this is, this is how I'm a musician. Right. Um, and, and this is going to, I'm going to put this out there and people are going to love it. <laughs> and, you know, the music industry is hard, so you don't yeah. really get that <laughs> that feedback necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. But what I found over the years is my entire purpose for writing was not about other people ever. It never was mm. because when people say, well, you need to write for this audience or that audience, I, I can't do it or I couldn't do it sure. because the thing that drove me all the time was working out the emotion. So when I really look back on my entire career, my entire time in the music industry, it's really just about me resolving things I needed to say out loud, things I needed to process. So for me, that's, that's what it was. And so that, that helped me. My main purpose was to get through that, to learn something from that experience. And then to maybe communicate that in a way that might, show that to other people who are going, who've gone through similar things. Yeah. And it's I think, almost accidental. It's almost, yeah, accidental. it was kind of accidental. So, and then it, there's a value in that, you know, um, there's also a value in being the kind of person who can write songs that everybody can identify with yeah, or, or write songs that everybody can use to escape from it because we mm-hmm. need that too. So, it, you know, <laughs> yeah, there's so many different yeah. ways, uh, uses and, and, you know, for self-expression in that way, you know, yeah, but for that, me, it, it definitely was a thing of like, I am, 
I've been processing my entire life. And it's just been layer after layer after layer after layer. Um, yeah. And I, when I finally accepted that, I felt like the pressure come off. Like it's just, there's no pressure for me to reach some certain level right now mm-hmm. because I realized it was never about that for me. Yeah. And, and the more I made it about that, the worse I felt about everything I was doing all the time. I think a lot of us can relate to that because um, I think a lot of us um, do feel this external pressure to achieve a certain something. Mm -hmm. And I I, I don't, like you said, it's not for everybody to say, um, you know, you have to do this or you have to do that. But I do think just as a general rule of thumb, doing what calls you and drives you is probably going to be the best thing for your spirit in general. And I think um, when you approach your art and your music that way, I mean, I'm, I'm literally just like, learning this now i'm 37 now so it's taken a long time and i've been doing the music thing forever so so i i just recently have gotten to the spot where i realized like the 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 pressure of wanting to achieve a certain thing or become a certain level or make it a financially stable or any of those kinds of external things they just they don't ever let you sleep but the things that like <laughs> let you sleep is when you just do what you are driven to do and your art is telling you to write, you know? Um, yeah. And I think that's really cool. Like um, that, that last record I had Fabula was sort of like my, my version of, of confessing those kinds of things. And then this new record I'm working on wild blood is a lot more about how I feel as an adult looking back and feeling what I'm seeing now and how I want to walk through the world. And one thing I really love about you is that you walk through the world. Like you are constantly Mm -hmm. like standing up for yourself. You're like speaking up for others. You're, you're not afraid to just like share your mind and, and your, your, Oh, I am afraid. (laughs) Okay. Well, there you go. I I am afraid. Yeah. I told, totally. Then you must be good at poker, but, Uh. (laughs) but, (laughs) <laughs> but you're very bra- you're very brave in the sense of like you just speak what what you want to speak on. So I call you uh, one of my spicy friends for that yeah. reason. Um, that's not because you're a Latina, but because <laughs> I got spicy people. Although Latinas are spicy, um, but I but I got like spicy as in like you're you're one of those people just like not afraid to argue with somebody, not afraid to like just say your point. And oh, I, you know, yeah. like sometimes I'll get a knot right here that just, I don't like, oh, I don't want to do it. I don't <laughs> want to argue. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want the discomfort and the conflict. And then it's just like, something compels me. Like, this is just not right. This is not right. Something needs to be, or somebody needs to say something yeah. and present yeah. an opposing point of view mm-hmm. for this, because it's just so misguided or it's so ignorant or it's so mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, or it's so unjust. Like I have that justice gene, right? I have that thing. Yeah. Just like, I just get very, very, it gets under my skin and I just get become compelled to have to say something out loud. Yeah. It's not enough to just think it. I have to say it. Uh, I like the, I like yeah. that justice gene. I've never heard yeah, that, but I I think I I might have a little bit of that in me. Um, An overblown sense of you know justice. <laughs> well, I just think that um it's important to speak up in a world where like we just we spend a lot of time filtering ourselves a lot, you know. Social media is such a strange place because you can't you literally can't get anything right no matter what no. you say. You could uh-uh. say um, something as benign as like, uh, you know, I try to eat vegan once a week. And then someone says, how dare you, how dare you kill so many cows? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) yeah, you know, it's like this constant thing, but you're, 
maybe you're afraid, maybe you get the knot, but you still do it. And I think that's like yes. courageous, right? It's probably courage or is what, well, because um, you talk about really big topics. Like I, I read your posts all the time. They're about narcissists and dealing with narcissism and sexism in the industry, which I want to talk about with you, obviously. Yes. And in, <laughs> in politics, you know, um, you know, you talk about the hypocrisy of politics and things like that. Like, it's just stuff that really resonates with me um, on a lot of levels, because I run into this conflict a lot so one well, oops, go ahead yeah no yeah i guess i was getting to my question sorry i was taking the walkabout route okay. but um i guess uh what i'm trying to figure out is you know when you speak up when you say those things like what what drives you to speak about these particular topics you know because they seem to be a, something that you just know a lot about and feel a lot in your in mm. your in yourself you know i don't always know a lot about i don't always I don't always know a lot about what I'm talking about, <laughs> yeah. um, but I'm willing to listen. And I think, uh, um, I think there's something in me, like I, I have parents that speak up for yeah. things. You know, my dad was very like the protective, you know, he's got that, that, you know, yeah. gene <laughs> that mm -hmm. comes yeah. like a, you know, he's going to speak up when he's put in a corner, when he's put, you know, sure. um, learn that very young. My mother too, she's very justice oriented and would speak up for people who couldn't speak up for themselves. And she was, we, we grew up in a, an environment where she's like, she's a, got her master's in social work and she in pastoral theology. So we were, wow. we grew up in a, in an environment where we felt how important it was to help others and speak up for those who couldn't or defend um, things that were, un, you know, people from injustice and that sort of thing. So that was mm -hmm. always sort of the thing that ran through our household, um, you know, along with all kind of other things. But um, mm -hmm. I think that's part of it. I think that I have just a difficult time I, as a trauma survivor, especially one that, so my traumas were kind of hidden and, um, I think there's something about that when you've been through something and you've got had to go through it alone mm -hmm. because my parents didn't know what had happened to me at a young yeah. age. Um, and I didn't know enough to, to really tell them what yeah. was happening Sure, that, uh, you grow up feeling alone in that and you don't want to see anybody else go through that same pain. So it's a tremendous amount of empathy you have for other people. Yeah. And it has really made me, um, when I see something, I just feel like there's no way I'm going to let that person not have somebody, you know, on their side yeah, uh, or to say something when I feel they're, they're being abused in some way. And, and I love that. That is making me a little emotional. Cause I definitely feel, I definitely feel that same pool with that kind of stuff because of how yeah. um, singular, how alone I've felt. I've always like looked at others that are in similar paths or situations or need like a similar amount of forgiveness or something. And I look at them and I just, there's this need of like, not this one, you know, I've already did. I already, we already did some of that and not this person, this person is not going to be by themselves on this. I'm going right. to try to speak up for this, you know, but there's definitely a balance to reach. And I, so, um, and with my project, I wrote a book that is still, we're still in the editing stages. It's cool. supposed to be out soon, but you know, and in that book, I do talk about the origins of that sort of thing for me, since I was very, very young, I had that sense of, um, needing to step in and to help and that sort of thing. But there's a dark side of that too, right? So there's the side where you you put everybody else's needs ahead of your own mm, or yeah. the side where you identify as if I'm not 
rescuing or helping or saving somebody, then who am I? I'm not, you know, I don't yeah. exist really. This is the so activist problem kind of. Yeah. You know? So you kind of put yourself into it full force and then you don't really know where your boundaries are as far yeah. as like where you end and somebody else begins. Yeah. And that could get very confusing um, for them. And you're not really helping other people. You're either enabling behavior or you're, you're not allowing them to, to get to a point where they have personal growth. Yeah. You know, yeah, so there's totally a way, yeah. 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 There's a way that you can be of assistance to other people. Most of it's through being an example. So that's, yeah. you know, one thing <laughs> yeah. being an example, but also encouraging people without encouraging dependency, which is mm -hmm. the part where I got really caught up in a lot with that dependency and codependency and unhealthy yeah. relationships. Yeah. I totally relate to that too, man. Cause, um, um, I just like, I've recently in the last, I don't know, five, five, six years, I've spent more time understand, understanding the boundary of how much help you need to include in a, <laughs> in your project. You know what I mean? Like, I think, yeah. um, I think, well, I mean, that's, that's kind of a Freudian slip there, but that's kind of what it is. It's when you're in that mode, it's almost like everything is a project. Everyone is a project. You're just trying to like yeah. work out and it's sort of, you're sort of helping them, but really you're just trying to avoid your guilt about something. Or yeah, it's a lot of projection. It's yeah, a lot of yeah. projection. It's a lot of avoiding, you know, avoiding your own issues. You know, I see a lot of people I've done it before too, where you can see it. It's because you can see it better when it's outside of yourself. So when you see somebody else doing yeah. it, all of a sudden you're just like, oh, I can fix that. But what you really need is fix this. Yeah, yeah. And and there's and there's a whole thing like it's really easy to remember the minute you point your finger this way. The rest of these are pointing right back at you. So that's that's <laughs> it's exactly, just like oh shit, I yeah, did it again. A, you know? That is a beautiful segue to uh, my next <laughs> question because um, one of the things that I'm writing about in my new record um, is about like the sort of Chicano Latino kind of experience of being around a bunch of uh, people that are making you their project or they're sort of tokenizing you a little bit or they're making you a little bit of a of a, an example of how they would prefer their their brown people to be and <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> you know and i think that um it's not it's not a thing to like really go after anybody because the 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 process of this record has been me process like um analyzing my own hypocrisy about stuff and figuring out that finger that's pointing back at me that when I'm trying to be annoyed at someone acting a certain way, I'm still like living this like very comfy middle-class life now. And it's just like a beautiful life. Everything's cool. I got the guitars on the wall. Like everything's yeah. like the house doesn't leak, like everything's good. And <laughs> I don't want to forget um, feeling uncomfortable. And, and it's really just about that. So I guess the, it's my segue of asking you like you're if you don't mind you're you're uh do you prefer latina or latinx or what do you prefer i don't know what i prefer okay I'm, good you know, okay Hispanic, good I, latinx Hispanic, um yeah. tejano tejana or whatever tejana? you know that's yeah, i mean that's okay. it's all you know well i'm just the gonna border call crossed you. us dude yeah 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 <laughs> i mean since i'm brown i'm just gonna call you brown so we're brown people yeah, and we're brown people. <laughs> yeah and uh the other thing that I've run into that I've been writing about is just being a brown person in the folk scene. The folk scene yeah. is interesting because the folk it scene is. is very like white male dominated folk scene. Yes. Um, it's not it's not that it's got like direct racism or anything like that. It's not anything that 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 scary. But I want to ask you what your experience is as a as a Latina, as a as a Tejana in the folk scene through all these years and how you see it uh, shifting and if there is a shift and do you think it's good? 
so we're ah, talking about right. your Chicana, Chicano, Tejana <laughs> kind of thing. Chicana. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I forgot. Chicano, Tejana. I forgot. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So anyway, we're talking about your, your, your brown person experience in a, in a, in a, in a scene that's like not really brown people-y. You know what I mean? Not, I mean, just to be honest, yeah. it's not, it's not, you don't see a lot of, uh, uh you know we're t joking around about names and stuff we don't see a lot of rodriguez on the on the folk fest and the, and the uh, you know um you know i think it's been the same experience as it's just been in the world really like i mean i grew up in san antonio it's uh, we're we're the majority and you know brown yeah. people majority in san antonio mm -hmm. pretty much. well i don't know that they technically are but yeah pretty much it's very large population yeah and sure. i grew up in a predominantly hispanic neighborhood you know yeah. um so it, it I think what I see is there are, there are assumptions being made um, in the folk. I mean, sometimes not, this isn't all the time. I mean, there's a lot of acceptance and it's yeah. lovely and everything. It, but there's it, some, there is a ton of acceptance. Know, yeah. Sometimes people look at you like you're like you're some. Um, and I haven't had a lot of this, but like a little bit like, oh, an exotic bird, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> because yes. It, that's ooh, an exotic bird. I see it I more with I see it more with black people actually. Like yeah. they're more like you know they yep. they like oh so oh it's you know but yeah. like and it's there's I don't think there's anything wrong with this. Kind of like welcome, come in, we want to hear you. Yeah. But there's also some assumptions of like like well why don't you sing in Spanish or why don't mm -hmm. you do this? I mean like I didn't grow up speaking Spanish and if yeah. you want to know the reasons why it was because of the discrimination and my parents you know my dad had his hands beaten for speaking Spanish in yep. school and, you know, or he relentlessly made fun of or, or whatever. And I don't, I, I am proud of my heritage. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I was raised um, in an American tradition. I took my husband's name, which is not Hispanic. I, you know, I didn't even think of those things. Cause I just feel like I just, I just stand for myself yeah. of course now with more context and understanding and being out in the world and, and you know my, my my husband's of german descent he's not german he's american yeah. and he um is several generations removed so but going to the midwest to visit his family then all of a sudden that's when i start noticing like oh the differences they in look at us looking, differently yeah. they yeah. you know there's people that do that and i had some of that growing up too i mean uh, when i went to go visit uh my aunt and uncle in ohio i had people calling me uh a beaner and a spick yeah. and you know and yeah. i even had that in austin texas so yeah. when yeah. i was going to college there i had i faced a lot of discrimination there from some of the frat guys that just passing by just yelling slurs at us and stuff yeah. like that yeah, yeah. so um you know, you, you get that everywhere, the folk scene, nobody, I mean, everybody seems rather accepting. Um, and I don't know whether it's because I'm a woman or because I am Latina. Or That's what I want to talk about too. Cause I, cause I feel like it's like a combination that you're yeah, sometimes unavoid it's like, unavoiding yeah. these landmines that you have to walk through. It's kind of, well, scary. it's because I think, I think sometimes there will be people in the music industry and not just white people in the music industry, but Hispanic people in the music sure. industry, men in general, yeah. who feel like they've got to either rescue you or fix you or shape you or mm -hmm. create you mm -hmm. or, you know, and, and because you're a woman and maybe because doubly, because you're also Hispanic, oh, let me show you that, you know, the air of your ways. Um, it's like, it plays into some little fantasy of, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know that it's just, it's just yeah. a thing. It's like, here you are this, this helpless person who's trying to assimilate <laughs> and, you yeah. know, and now let me help you. But, and I've seen some of that, not just with me, but with other, other women, yeah. um, it happens, you know, most, 
most of the men, most like the majority of the men that I've met, met in the folk scene, like purely folk, have been extraordinarily helpful and respectful. Oh, yeah, some of course. Of them, yeah. Some of them uh, very self-conscious because they're not sure what they're going to say that's going to be that, that <laughs> negative. Is actually, that is actually what happens to me the most is like I love the people that come to my shows and all that stuff. And I love the people that I meet in the in the scenes. But there is that sort of like the overcorrection that gets the 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 trip up because it's they're trying so hard to you know what i mean right and it's it's an interesting thing i i guess um here because look right now is an example of why i think you're awesome because you're someone that very much listens but also you're someone that is very honest with how they see things and and how they experience things and i really appreciate that because right now we're um kind of on like a socio-political bandwagon that all of us can kind of jump on. And mm -hmm. if you're, especially if you're like a person like us, if you're, if you're people of color, it's very easy to just be like, yeah, it's just really racist and weird and all that stuff. But you're, you have enough, um, uh, I guess, I don't know what the word is. You just have enough of whatever your, your, your good faith spirit is. It's just like you have enough to say i grew up in a mostly brown town and a lot of the things i do see it but it's not like to the degree that it's it's more affecting me more from a point of view as a as a woman in the industry yeah. so let's let's pivot and let's talk more about that because one thing you like to because you like to talk about that on social media or at least, well yeah. at least you don't like to talk about it but you talk about it and yeah. you talk about dealing with narcissists and people trying to shape like especially yeah. women in the in the music industry so i want to hear your thoughts about that and i think the the listeners should too where do i start <laughs> there's so much let's talk with some um, personal experiences and okay yeah. um i will say that at, you know coming up in the music industry i do i, I do want to say something about the last subject though is sure. that i'm when i'm talking about some of these things that have happened it's been the this very small percentage of negative experience with people yeah. in the folk scene specifically right. with it's, regards to people of color. And yeah. even some of that is not negative. Some of it is just like, all, you know, why is yeah. it just so intense? But, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and just to, to continue on that, cause we both want careers after this. <laughs> 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 which is uh i was talking to my buddy jackson which you know jackson emmer and uh and oh, yeah. uh yeah and i was talking to him on a podcast and we talked about how um the folk scene itself is taking a lot of like positive strides in that direction in terms yeah. of like they're make being lgbtq yeah they're the becoming more yes, inclusive yes, and they're even sure. creating panels of people of color and stuff like that which awesome. just wasn't a thing back in the myspace days when we we're in myspace and we're learning about folk alliance and all that stuff right right you go, you go in there and it's just a bunch of banjos and mandolins and you're the only brown person there and everyone treats you weird <laughs> but but nowadays it's like there's literal panels and all that stuff so i think just as a as a as a culture of like singer songwriters i think it's becoming more expansive and inclusive so definitely yeah. want to make sure we 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 you know give credit for that um for sure for sure but let's talk yeah. about your personal experience with yeah. the women's stuff because i don't know yeah. what that's like obviously right but <laughs> but i want to hear all about it it's hard to disconnect it from, you know, I think that there's a certain element of uh, me having been a survivor of a, a sexual assault from a mm -hmm. very young age that um, that in some ways that sort of makes you a magnet, you know, and it's, it's a weird thing to say, but mm -hmm. it it's like it's almost like because you've been through something or existed with a certain type of abuse in your life, somehow that can make you um blind have blind spots and to certain behaviors that you don't notice because it almost becomes it com becomes normalized like um you know so i think in a lot of ways i 
because I'll talk to women. I, um, there's a lot of women. The majority of women in music have had experiences that are not great as far as yeah. sexism goes and as yeah. far as you know that goes. But um, but there are some women who don't have that experience at all. Hmm. And so I I think that it's just it speaks to a pattern, you know, uh, for a lot of people. But um, the thing that I found entering the music industry and not having a lot of um, not a solid identity for myself as an artist, not having a great amount of self-esteem um, for myself. Like I could stand up for other people, but you know, you say like I stand up for myself. That took a long time for me to stand up for myself. I, it was yeah. much easier for me to stand up for somebody else than it was to stand up for myself. Which is so, so interesting. Cause I just see you as like a badass, like you're kicking pads and stuff like that. <laughs> Dude, that took so long that, yeah. that, that I felt compelled. I got to the point where I was just like, I remember telling my husband and my sisters, like, like I just need to hit things. I just yeah. need to hit things. I mean, yeah. I, and my sister's like, take this kickboxing class with me. I'm like, but you don't really hit things. You're just swinging in the air. I need to actually, and so I went and joined the UFC gym because yeah. I needed to hit things. And then I just found that was a good way for me to process. Um, but it took a, and it helped build my confidence too, to be able to speak up. I don't think I can kick anybody's ass. That's not the whole point of it yeah. for me. The point is I have options and I don't have to stand there. Yeah, and take it. exactly. Um, That's really so, what any, any self-defense is all about. It's right. Like, not, yeah. Having those like options. You, yeah. But anyway. And feel, um, yeah. That self-reliance. So um, where was I? Uh, you were just talking about how, <laughs> oh <my gosh>. how <laughs> you were just talking about how you seem to be kind of a magnet for. Right. For so, film. yeah. So there was, there was this element. Like, so I go into the music industry, very, very terrified and, and unsure and uncertain of myself as, as a musician, as an artist, as, um, as a writer, as a person. And I was surrounded just because it's a male dominated, uh, you know, industry mm -hmm. by men. And some of those men were incredibly supportive and, um, and those that are, are still in my life. Right. And then there were others that were supportive, but, um, with the caveat that I sort of follow their direction. And so I got a lot of advice that, that was pretty much uh, directing me to go in a direction that I, that was re-traumatizing for me mm. that I didn't even recognize at the time. I never wanted any of my music to be about my body. And I don't mean that I didn't want to sing about my body. I mean that I didn't want, like I came into this world with ideas mm -hmm. into any world. I mean, just being born into the or, earth, you yeah, know, yeah. with ideas. And the minute we're out of the womb as women and we present ideas, the society around us, at least at my generation was like, okay, that's nice, but where's your dress? You know, why, why aren't you wearing pink? Or right. don't you like this pretty thing? I mean, I mean, I remember, I remember getting spanked in preschool because I wouldn't go into the toy kitchen. I wanted to go to the <laughs> oh, closet gee. with the boys yeah. with playing with the blocks. I didn't care about the boys. I liked the blocks. I wanted to play with the blocks. Right. And I got spanked because of that. Cause I wouldn't wow. go in the kitchen with the little girl that ate her scabs. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you have these experiences and this, this, this constant sense that you don't belong. And here I was, um, you know, with a band and the band was great, but when the band broke up and I was on my own, you know, I'm in the studio with other musicians. I feel very, very insecure. Mm -hmm. um, I've been conditioned to think that the only worth I have is on whether or not somebody's attracted to me. Right. And, and a lot of that means they find me physically attractive. And I'm trying to just sit and look pretty, you know, like yeah. just sit and, 
And I don't, I'm so nervous because I want to learn how to do things. And I get turned, the person who's running the session turns to me and goes, oh, do we just, do we want attention? You know, is that Mm. what we want? Like real condescending. And I felt incredibly shamed by that. Sounds gross. Yeah. Yeah, it is gross because it yeah. goes on from there. But but be I had to sit there very recently because it was like a memory that came back in like a therapy session. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I had to unpack that shame. And the shame was because at first I wanted to say, I didn't want attention. I thought what the kind of attention I wanted. Yeah. I wanted to be paid attention to because I wanted to be recognized for what I was contributing and, right. and I wanted to learn. Because you're know. the artist here, yeah. But that's only half true because I had not deprogrammed at that point. So I was still stuck in the idea that I had to sit and look pretty. So mm-hmm. I did want that kind of attention because that's the only kind of attention I knew, I thought I was able to get or deserving to get at right. that point. And that just made me really sad because it's like, here we are conditioned to think that that's what we have to be. And then when we do play into that role, he's shaming me for it. Yeah. You're not taking seriously. Right. And not taking seriously. And then, you know, you just get, uh, you, you're damned if you do damned, if you don't, you can't, (laughs) you're caught in the loop yourself. And it's a, it's just a trap because you're never getting the, the kind of development or, or input, or you don't even know if people are there because they really do think you're talented or because they want something from you. And that's really sad to me. Like I shed a lot of tears over that because it, it really fucks with your self-worth. Yeah. I hear this so much from, uh, from my, uh, like my women, uh, songwriter friends, they just, they all say that, that same thing that I don't know if this meeting is a meeting or if it's, they're trying to be like a fake date or they're trying to make a date happen or something. And it's, yeah. Plus the constant messages about, oh, you need to look. And this is like literally the, the, what they'll say, you need to look fuckable. You know, don't talk about your relationship. Don't, you know, it's, it was like, it's gross to me because it's like, why does it have to be about that? I have, ideas that have nothing to do with whether or not I'm a sexual human being. And plus I do have, I am a sexual human being and I'd like to be able to discuss that without making it my entire identity because I'm more than just that. So it's, it's a very frustrating um, position to be in the music industry or to any, any entertainment industry and be a woman. Um, I think that's what the Barbie movie was about. You know, (laughs) it's very satisfying to hear uh, America Ferreira's uh, uh, speech in that movie. If anybody, Mm -hmm. if you have seen it, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but it's, but it's, it's kind of like, I remember that was the moment because I thought the movie, you know, I liked the movie. Okay. But I wasn't, you know, uh, um, but when it got to that point, I was just, I couldn't stop crying because I was mm. just like, that's exactly what it feels like to be a woman in the music industry is like, you just, what can you do to be, to just be who you are without having to feel like you have to try to be everything else to everybody else. Mm. Um, so I mean, yeah, that's, it's, that's really it's just, uh, I mean, that's really just kind of a reflection of, um, how we, uh, this is weird. Uh, the, the how we uh, I don't know how to say this perfectly, but uh, how we sort of as a society like treat women in general that sort of like you need to fill this role, <laughs> you need to yeah. make me feel better about myself, but also you need to do this and you need yeah. to always make sure that I'm not feeling terrible about my my own self. Like you can't reject me because if you reject me, then I'm a piece of shit and it's your fault. You know what I mean? You know, like that kind of like thing. I, I mean, I think 
that I accept my role as a mom and a woman and a wife and a, and a, you know, just a female on this earth that was born with a lot of in, internal sense of nurturing. Like I have an internal sense of nurturing other people. What sucks to me is there's so much of the world that does not reciprocate that, right. you know? And I think that we owe that there, I think there's a lot of really messed up trends in the world. I have my own conspiracy theories about it. Like, you know, there was a whole generation of parents that were raised to believe that they should let their children cry it out, you know, right. that they should not be comforted and nurtured in, in, uh, you know, even nursed. I mean, not, not everybody can nurse. And I understand that, but yeah. it's just that we were, we're primates, you know, we're, <laughs> that's where you look at every other primate, they nurture their young, you know? Yeah. And so I think there was, a, there's just some really shitty ideas out there that kind of work backwards uh, for a lot of people. And I think there's a lot of abuse out there and people that don't know how to get through their traumas and they haven't been given what they need emotionally. And I mean, so that's, it's really difficult. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the of main thing is um, every, again, every like woman uh, songwriter friend that I talk to or artist friend, they always tell me the same thing. They're like, everybody just wants you to be their mother. Like they just, yeah, like, yeah, you just like, instead of, you know, they're saying things like you need to, you need to smile or you need to be prettier. Or you need to look prettier on social media, but also, um, you know, you're basically, it's basically like a bunch of dudes who just need therapy, but instead, they're well, going to, you know, you know, and I, and I have this one and I, you know, God bless this guy. I, I mean, I really, I think he's a really sweet guy, but I'm, I was, I had hired him to be one of my musicians for a big festival that I was playing right. and, um, and he had an emergency come up. Mm -hmm. And so he just didn't show up to the festival mm. and I had to make do. And it was an important part he was playing. Yeah. And um, afterwards he, when he eventually did show up after the show was done and he talked and he said, you know, I'm really sorry if it had been anybody else, but you, I would have showed up, but I knew you'd understand. Oh, <laughs> and then you're just kind of like that half of me is just <laughs> like, I'm proud that I'm a person that is known as being loving and nurturing, forgiving and understanding. That's great. Yeah. But the other half of me is like, but that doesn't mean I don't need to be taken seriously as an yeah. artist. Like yeah. it really hurt my feelings. Yeah. Because it's like, <laughs> you're, it's, it's someone looking at you and going, you're my mom first. And then, yeah, yeah. and then you're everything else that we signed up for. But right now or, yeah. you're my mom. Well, everybody else is a jerk. So I have to really perform for them, but for you, I can get by. You yeah, know, exactly. Not, you know. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's, it's that kind of, it, you know, it cuts, it cuts in a lot of ways to be a woman in the industry and to try to yeah. be, um, try to be, cause I don't not want to be nurturing though. I will say that that has gotten me in a lot of trouble before because sure. my instinct is to want to take care of other people um yeah how and... do you deal with the fans because i that's another oh, conversation yeah. i have a lot the fans <laughs> that the person who uh invests in you you know that buys the cd buys yeah. the merch buys the patreon but then they're like at every show and then they start kind of because that doesn't happen with with i don't i mean i'm sure it does happen but i'm i'm certain it's like a 0.8 percent of it happens to to us fellas but like me as a guy as a man like i don't ever run into a situation where uh, someone feels like I owe them because they bought my record or they, or they went to my show. And what I hear a lot is like, you get these fans that are um, investing in you, but yeah. they're, they're also expecting a lot for the investment. They're not expecting just like, Oh, the, the, the exchanges I give you support uh, from like financially and, 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 and support as a fan, but you don't just give me art. You have to give me your time. You have to give me your, your, you know, attention, attention, yeah. you know, um, you know, it's, it's a weird thing for me because I sometimes 
um, the, the line shifts for different people in different situations, because um, I think there, I've connected since the MySpace days, I've connected with some people online that I've become friends with online, mm-hmm. some yeah. of them women, some of them men. And um, because they, I think that they've been able to stand that test of time because they've been respectful of my boundaries. Yes. And, um, and I've had to draw boundaries with a number of people. And sometimes that doesn't work out well. Like it's sometimes uh, like just six months ago, I had to tell somebody, look, um, he'd sent money and I sent the money back. Mm. (laughs) And I said, this is not, I I can't take this. I can't accept this because I feel like you have already, uh, exhibited that you have different ideas that I've already told you. It's not, it's not respectful. You know, he's like, I know I understand you're married, but I have this, this note I wrote for you, this poem. Uh, And it was like, but how I dream about you and we're alone on this thing. And I'm like, look, that's not okay. I've already (laughs) told you it's not okay. Um, I, you know, I appreciate your creativity. I wish you the best. <laughs> yeah, but you're saying all the nice things so that nobody yeah, tries to you're, turn you. You're into giving a me money, and I can't, in good conscience, take it from you when when it's clear to me that you you think that I'm just going to pretend like this is not what you're saying blatantly. It's not. Yeah. It's because people, I've you know, people will. And not everybody can do that, Laura. Like not everyone feels. They comfortable have to learn. Yeah. <laughs> they have. It's, that's it's, my whole thing. Like boundaries heard, are, yeah. Yeah, I've heard it a lot. Like the boundaries can be really difficult. Like a lot of my friends, you know, they'll tell me things like similar stories and they just don't know what to do. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's sort of like goes back to that whole uh, umbrella of sexism that's happening in our industry because my instinct is like, tell them to fuck off. But like, you, yeah. but I don't, I don't feel like I'm in danger of like becoming a lamp if someone, if I tell someone right. to fuck off, you know what I mean? Like, well, that's the, that's the thing uh, that um, I didn't start out having good boundaries. I had zero boundaries. I had yeah. horrible boundaries um, for a very, very long time. And it wasn't until it nearly destroyed me that I had to start saying, like, I think, uh, and really when I really started setting boundaries was in 2012. Mm. And the song that I wrote, Honest, there was my first like major, oh my gosh, I'm setting a boundary here. This is huge. And this is, for me, it was huge. And it was the song, the boundary I set with that song was, if I can't have you, in, wait, hold on, let me think about it. <laughs> if I can't be honest with myself and with other people, with you in my life, then you don't need to be in my life. Mm. It's honesty had to be it. I had to be honest. Because otherwise I can't, I'm not the kind of person who can like, maybe I can lie on the spot, but I'm not the kind of person who could live with that lie. It'll make me sick to my stomach. Yep. I can't do that. I can't live a lie. I have to be honest about where I am. I can't be constantly thinking like, how am I going to set my story? You know, how am I going to tell people this and that? I can't be something I'm not. So a lot of the advice I'd gotten to, to how to present myself as an artist was, you know, me constantly trying to feel like I'm supposed to be perfect and I'm supposed to be nice Mm -hmm. and I'm not supposed to say fuck and shit and hell. And I'm like, you know, and I'm not supposed to get angry. I'm certainly not supposed to get angry because nobody wants to see me get angry and nobody wants to see me talk about sexism because that's not sexy. You know what? That's the advice I got. And I'm like, the rage inside of me was just like, no, you don't understand. I've got anger. I've got so much rage and I, it's too bad. People have to just hear it because this love that because swallowing it people just have to hear it yeah swallowing it was making me sick so you know i I think i had to learn so from 2012 on it's been kind of this journey of me learning to set firmer and firmer boundaries with people and it's amazing the minute you do it yeah somebody will step a toe over 
And then yeah. you go, okay, you know, yeah, yeah. just like the, I laugh because the minute I got this tattoo that says be love, uh-huh. the minute I got that immediately, I was challenged with like, and I was just like, I hate everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like I'm going to be love. Yeah. Screw all you people. Yeah. I hate you. You know, <laughs> that's so it funny. Is, yeah. But, it, but yeah, I totally get that. I mean, I think uh, for the people that listen to the podcast, they're, you know, it's not a lot of people, but it's people. And I like doing this podcast. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that I think everyone can resonate that listens is that, you know, being an artist is going to be a lot of uh, Wonder Bread and tuna fish sandwiches, (laughs) but it's, uh, you're going to sleep better. You're going to sleep better if you just do the art and you're just honest and truthful with your art and you're just going to sleep better. And I think, I've done a lot of different projects. I've had a lot of different things. I've opened a lot of businesses. And every time I can't sleep, it's because I'm going directly in contrast to what the truth is about how I feel. You know, it's, yeah. and I felt it in a lot of different ways. I felt it in uh, in my music career, if you can even call it that, with big <laughs> quotation marks. <laughs> but I, I felt it in my music career, um, like going on tour and all that, and just like swallowing the, the weird things about like... Uh, uh, oh, you should sing a song in Spanish or you should do this or right. having the weird house concert where everybody wants to know uh, if I'm angel or angel, but then they tip really Angel. well. Yeah. And then they tip- <laughs> <laughs> love it. <laughs> yeah. They tip, they tip really well and you're not sure if it was your songs or if it was your skin yeah. color. And, and I've had all these things and every time, and even with my businesses, you know, you run into these conflicts, especially nowadays because we're so divided as a country um, where it's like, do I need to put safe space sticker on my on my business? Do I need to put the mm. LGBTQ thing? Like, it's not that I don't want to put it. It's just that I just I wish it just lived off of the assumption and I don't have to, like, put a flag outside. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you think, oh, I'm going to put the flag outside and then what's going to happen to my customers, you know? Right. And I but I but I know that every time I've been in conflict with those kinds of things, my sleep sucks and I feel yeah. terrible and I feel sick and I feel wrong. And, and I think, you know, just eat the tuna like sandwich. How do you man. balance <laughs> your, your, in, the, how you feel with, with how successful you want to be in music? Yeah. That's what and, my question is to you is how okay. are you doing that? Is it, what's your process? <laughs> yeah. Tuna sandwiches. My process <laughs> is very, no, not, no, my pro- process is very privileged is what it is. Yeah. Because I can afford to not take certain gigs because mm-hmm. I can afford to, uh, block certain gatekeepers and just yep. like, you know, throw up my middle finger and say, I'm not working for you or yeah. whatever, because I, because I can, I do. Yeah. But I don't have friends that have that luxury. I have a lot of friends that don't have that, that they have mm-hmm. to be quiet about things because yeah. they need to put food on their table and a yeah. roof over their head. I feel and that, that, yeah. So it's like, it's a balance for people. I try not to judge. I remember there was this one artist I knew, um, who had to do a rally a, a Trump rally. And I don't uh, know where she stands politically a hundred percent. And it doesn't really matter that people came for her. And I, I had to sit there with my discomfort and say, you know, because she, she needed to do that mm-hmm. because she needed the money. Yep. And it's really easy for me to say, I don't care. I'd walk away no matter what. Well, <laughs> guess what? I can walk away. Yeah. I can. I don't, I, uh, my, my income isn't what puts a roof over our heads, yeah. you know? My income pays for my my music and 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 things that I need for my business, and not always. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes me too. it doesn't. Yeah, you yeah. know. So it's it's like it's really. Um, let's stop judging other people on that. But um, yes. but as far as you know, whether or not you can sleep at night, 
it, to me, it's like, it's a, it's a, you have to know what your goals are and what you're willing to sacrifice for those goals. And so some people have solid goals. They want that Grammy on their shelf. They want to tour with the, you know, the big guys. They want to, yep. they have that dream, you know, when you're zeroed in on it, um, you just have to make hard choices. Yeah. And, um, for me, it, I think it's always been, um, I don't want those things necessarily. I mean, you know, I can fantasize about them. Sometimes I, I, I kind of, well, that would be nice. Yeah. But uh, the, the clearer I've gotten on, on what I, what really makes me happy, and maybe it's because I'm older, you know, now mm -hmm. that I, they, those things are less important to me. It's more about like what she said, wanting to sleep well at night, wanting yeah. to, um, because every time I chased, uh, I have a story in my book about the red herring. Did you ever watch the movie Clue? Uh, yes, yes, I did. And yeah. um, I would have this voice in my head. It would be Tim Curry saying, Tim Curry saying that was just a red herring <laughs> because um, every time I start chasing something that makes me kind of sick inside, that's the red herring. That's what's, that's, what's taking me off course. I'm, right. I've lost the plot. I'd yeah. like, you know, get back on, you know, the yeah. thing. And to me, my red herring is chasing the next, uh, you know, big thing because yeah. I'm still not comfortable with a big, you know, uh, presence or anything. I I think I do far better in, in intimate connections, yes. you know, like that sort of thing. So it's a weird place to be as a performing singer songwriter, but it's not a weird place to be as a songwriter. Right. Just as, just if you're trying, if my goal was to be this big touring songwriter who filled out, you know, concert halls, you know, on some level, then yeah, that would, that wouldn't work. But yeah. that's not my that's not my goal. That's not what feeds my soul. That actually every single time I've had a really big, really big show comparatively to what I normally do, mm -hmm. um, I'm drained for like it's like, okay, I need I need time I need alone time now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like that. <laughs> Social too. battery empty. Yeah, you yeah know? mine is like yeah. that too. And I think you're right. I think it's more of a balance, you know. I think we all have to have hard choices that we make. And we all make them for different reasons, but we have to find the balance of like what's going to, when I say sleep, I'm sort of using general terms, but what I'm really talking about is like being mo as, at most peace with yourself as possible. Yeah. When you're know creating thyself. Art. Yeah. And when you're yeah. creating art and doing stuff and knowing where you're being maybe a little hypocritical here and there, but just mm -hmm. clocking that and saying, okay, that's one, but I'm going to do five more things that fill my cup, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. So we got 10 minutes left. So I want to, I want to pick your brain really quick about social media. Um, mm -hmm. I want to know what your approach and relationship <laughs> with social media is. I want you to tell me if it's good or bad for us as uh, performing songwriters. Uh, and it's just... excellent for us as performing songwriters. Okay. You can just be here at your house in your pajamas <laughs> <laughs> and reach all these people across the world. Yeah. And it's also like the worst thing ever invented. <laughs> it's everything all well, the let's time. Talk, let's talk about your relationship with it. What is, what is your relationship with social media? My relationship is that I ghost it every once in a while. Um, and then and then I'm also addicted to it at other times. Yeah. And then you oh, know. I love your honesty. It's so good. <laughs> I like, and I like, I'll, I'll, Oh, you know who that guy, that guy, Gary V. He oh, just God. like, I know, I know. <laughs> but he said something amazing the other day because okay, okay. he showed up in my feed and it was just like some, a, a young songwriter was asking him like, I am struggling with how I do this in social media. Uh -huh. He's just like, if you're not inspired, 
then don't post. If if like one percent of your audience will leave because you're not engaging them, but like what at what expense? And like I already knew this. I've been yeah. told this before, but it I took Gary Vee to say it again <laughs> for me to go, oh yeah, that's right. Like if yeah. this back on track, it's a red herring. Yeah. I don't want to chase that. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, every once in a while, I might be inspired and I show up and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna write this. Yeah. Or I'm going to every time I swear off of social media, I want to, you know. And yeah. every time I'm in social media, then I want to be off of it. It's like, right. just wait till you're inspired. Do that. Um, I know that there are definitely strategies yeah. that work for people right. and songwriters. But honestly, I cannot stay connected to the. Once it becomes a strategy and I'm it's like, okay, much. I've got yep. my plan yep. and I'm going to get started. I got I'm my like, three okay. months of content. I'll set up. Yes. You know, And yeah. then I go, eh, I don't want it anymore. Yeah. I hate yeah. it. I'm yeah, going yeah. to go away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like that too. I mean, I'm sure there's, you know, the thing about it is like you can, take uh, two approaches i think you can take the sales marketing approach which is mm-hmm. proven and true but also what what do you end up with with a lot of those you end up with a lot of bots you end up with a lot of like fans that are not really fans they're just more fans of the content you make where you're dancing or sharing recipes or whatever and then yeah. and then you have the other the other slant which i was talking to chris taylor who's also san antonio artist mm-hmm. chris taylor yep. and he's an artist artist as well visual painter and um he mentioned something that i think really resonates with me it's just like treating your social media as like the the tool for your art and that's it so i've been really approaching my social media now as a like an art gallery where i'm like oh everything's in red now because the new record is called wild blood <laughs> everything is black yeah. and white because i'm talking about gray area people and things like yeah. that so it just makes it more fun and more more honest yeah which is, make I think, it make it you make it your your another just tool in your self-expression whatever i mean i think that's great a great way to look at it because the minute you know we become slaves to it or we become that's a horrible term to use um at the minute we just become you know compelled by it mm-hmm. then it's no longer our show right we're, yeah. we're just doing we're fitting the algorithm and there's you know i don't want to really judge anybody for using those tools if their goal is to increase you know exponentially they're following and they and they're trying like uh cat stevens trying shit and trying shit yeah cat stevens is that his last name uh cat? Cat Stevens. Um, yeah, I think Can it I is. I think that's a song, right? Oh, I just blanked. Yeah, the the comedian Cat. Oh, uh, uh, Cat Williams. Cat Williams. What is it? Stevens from? What I th- the yeah, hell? I was like, I don't remember that song. Cat Williams. <laughs> no, no, Cat yeah. Williams. Yeah, we, love my Cat friend Williams. Morgan. I, yes, yeah. we're always going trying shit and trying try shit. And you shit know? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah it, I'm not gonna fault anybody for trying all the different ways to yeah. do it. You know, I've tried a num- number of different ways because I thought, well. I'm going to do my due diligence and I'm going to do everything I can to, um, to run, you know, to do the responsible thing and put my music out there and try to make it, you know, make it, uh, that's great, but it's just, yeah. Yeah. yeah I totally, I totally hear you. And I totally agree with you. Gosh. I think I was going to ask you the last question that I ask everybody else, which is, uh, if you can give me or other small time songwriters, one piece of advice about the business or the craft what would it be but i have a suspicion it's going to be honesty because i think oh my gosh you psychic. <laughs> i think that's the theme of today is honesty yeah. so what is your advice be honest like seriously <laughs> but yeah. but it's it's not just being honest with it's being honest with yourself really it's it's just relentlessly honest with yourself and relentlessly because i find that that's been my main thing in writing songs is that that's the question I constantly ask. Is that true? Is that true? Is what mm-hmm. I wrote just what I just wrote? Is that true? Is it true just for me or is it true on a larger scale? I don't know. Sometimes it just has to be true to me. Um, but to me, that's my guiding kind of light. And it's been that way for 
for a long time. Like it's, it's what, if, as long as I follow that and it speaks to my truth, I feel like I can sleep at night. Awesome. You know? Awesome. Aha. Well, thank you for doing that. That's what I did there. Yeah. That's called right a callback. That's a yeah. callback. Yeah. Um, all right, buddy. Well, thank you so much for t- doing the interview. Uh, where can people find you? LaraMarieMusic.com or LaraMarie.com. Either of those okay. on iTunes and Spotify and all the, all the places. Things. And all on the things. Uh, Instagram, she's Laura Marie Music or That's Laura true. Marie. Is it Laura Marie Words or In Words? Um, Laura, Laura Marie in Words and Laura Marie Music. And then I'm Laura Marie Music Official on Facebook because somebody stole my account and I had to make it. Oh, man. One, so. I still have not re- gotten my Facebook it's account so back from, from Facebook. It's been six years. So, <laughs> it's, it's been so, like six years. I've been sending reports like, please give me back my account. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Speaking well, of social know. media, it sucks. It's free. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, what, you know, you get what you pay for. That's a good point. All right. Well, thank you so much. I hope you have an awesome day with the kids and all that stuff. For those of you on the audio that can't see uh, the cool poster behind you. Si se puede. Si se puede. All right. See you later. You have a good one.